0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 156 of The Informed Catholic. And today I have several articles. The first one on the list is by Christine Niles of Church Militant. Uh, It's dated September 23rd, 2020. Who is Amy Coney Barrett? So before we begin, please subscribe and share to this podcast and uh, this would help me a great deal because it would let Anchor, Spotify, and uh, Google Podcasts and other platforms, uh, podcast platforms, distribute this podcast. So please subscribe and share. And let's begin with a prayer. Uh, with a hail mary in the name of the father son holy spirit hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death amen queen of the rosary pray for us saint joseph guardian of the church and terror for demons pray for us and uh saint thomas more pray for us saint thomas aquinas St. Augustine, and St. Michael the Archangel. Pray for us in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Who is Amy Coney Coney Barrett? And let's begin. This is a transcript from a video. President Trump, it will be a brilliant person, and it will be a woman. While President Trump has cut down his Supreme Court court shortlist to five, sources have confirmed the frontrunner is... Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett describes herself as a Catholic when she stood in front of Senator Durbin. She is a Catholic mother of seven with two adopted from Haiti. Barrett is considered the ideological heir to Supreme Court late uh, Anton Scalia, who himself was a devout Catholic and she used to be his personal clerk. She taught at Notre dame Law school for 15 years before being nominated to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals in 2017. She was thrust into the national spotlight. Her faith became front and center during judicial confirmation hearings. For example, Senator Dianne Feinstein, remember this famous line? The dogma lives loudly within you. All right, I remember that. And Senator Duck Barron, you say you're an orthodox catholic. What's an orthodox catholic? Barrett is in fact a devout Roman catholic and a member of the group people appraise that was founded in South Bend at Notre Dame in 1971 almost 50 years ago. Catholic members believe in traditional roles for men and women and they adhere to catholic teaching on marriage, abortion, Um, and, and among other many things. As a disciple of Scalia herself, however, Barrett has indicated she'd apply the law impartially without allowing personal beliefs to influence her. In response to a White House questionnaire in 2017 asking whether she believes every instance of abortion is immoral, she responded, my views on this or any other question Will have no bearing on the discharge of my duties as a judge. On the seventh circuitum she has yet to rule directly on abortion, but her body of past writings gives clues as to her thoughts on Roe v. Wade. One passage she penned in twenty thirteen reveals that Roe is not beyond reversal. It uh, is not hard and fast rule in the court's constitutional cases, and the court has not been afraid to exercise its prerogative to overrule. Barrett has also been critical of of Chief Justice John Roberts, largely considered a great disappointment to conservatives. In 2017, on a paper, Barrett slammed Roberts for his ruling Saving Obamacare, calling it an exercise in creative writing in a misguided attempt to save the health care law. It signals the likelihood that if she is confirmed to the high circuit court, she won't wind up being another lackluster moderate like like Roberts himself. While Barrett checks all the right boxes for pro-life, conservatives... The question remains whether she'll say yes to the nomination if she receives it and to the inevitably ugly and vicious confirmation battle that awaits her. Well, there you go. So, um, let's, I mean, I was listening to a podcast, uh, not podcast, but actually it was a uh, vortex, uh, from, uh, Michael Voris himself. And he mentioned Judge uh, Justice Kennedy, who helped p- pass Roe versus Wade. And Kennedy gave a very odd, for someone who was a Catholic, but he gave a very odd um, understanding that it is up to the individual to decide for him or herself the meaning of life and what life is. This is purely subjective. Okay, it's a purely subjective thing. I mean, you know. Basically because the fact that uh, contraceptives fail, that you yourself, the individual, can decide for yourself if the the, the, the fetus in your womb is a human being and his life. That is purely subjective because why can't we decide that if, uh, let's say, a person mugs you on the street or holds a gun to you or a knife to you can decide for him or herself that you're not a living person. If if this is the power that you're giving the individual unchecked, then why isn't murder every day a purely subjective approach? And, and I think in most cases, Michael Voris traces all back to John F. Kennedy himself when he himself had, through his own faith under the bus, when he stood in front of a bunch of Protestants, and simply said i am not the 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 catholic president for the pope i am the president the democratic party's president to the united states the not or you know the candidate but the fact is ever since then every catholic especially in the in the democratic party has for themselves has diminished and threw their faith under the bus, but they've also took advantage of exploiting their faith just as Kennedy, just as John F. Kennedy himself did. Now, unfortunately we see Catholic politicians like Joe Biden who follows the same tradition. Now, I mean, just a couple of days ago, I read an article by another article by Christine Niles, where she mentioned, uh, an, an article, an interview that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had in Elle magazine where she admitted that when she uh, supported abortion, it wasn't about women's rights. It wasn't about the power of the woman's body. It was purely on the, the, the issue of population control and getting getting rid of unwanted individuals. Unwanted individuals, and she said, "Why should the poor be allowed to procreate unchecked?" A, pure, a very much eugenist, you know, a eugenic approach, exactly as Margaret Sanger would say. So, you know, she admitted it, and even she admitted that Roe v.ersus Wade is not constitutional. The Constitution wasn't written to support something like this. It was never written for this. You know, it's interesting. So I have one more article coming up, and we'll uh, look into that one. Now, this article is from LifeNews.com. Not LifeSite News, Life News. Liberal media trashes Amy Barrett's Christian faith. She inspired Handmaid's Tale. She inspired Handmaid's Tale. Okay, this is from... um, Michael, I'm sorry, Micaiah, Micaiah Bilger, Micaiah, I'm sorry, Micaiah Bilger, September 22nd, 2020. Prominent news outlets are are bashing Judge Amy Coney Barrett for her faith and conservative political views as President Donald Trump considers her for a position on the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court. Now, um, uh, Going on here, a devout Catholic who serves on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, Barrett is believed to be the president's top choice to fill the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat. But her faith and her pro-life statements already are drawing massive criticism from the left. This week, the New York Times linked her to the pro pro-abortion dystopian novel, The Handmaid's Tale, by Margaret Atwood, in which women are enslaved and forced to have children for the elite, the elite members of society. Allegedly, Atwood based her popular novel on a charismatic Christian group called People of Praise, of which Barrett and her husband are members, Sloan reports. Nothing like Atwood's dystopian reality. People of praise encourage Christians to discern and act in the Lord, Uh, Greg Lent, one of the group's leaders, told the New York Times. The newspaper described the Christian group as obscure, but Lent said they are not nefarious or controversial, and they don't try to control people, and there's never any guarantee that the leader is always right you have to discern and act in the Lord. Interesting. The Christian group asks members to enter a covenant of loyalty with one another. They are assigned and are accountable to a personal advisor, called a head for for men and a handmaid for women. The group teaches that husbands are the heads of their wives and should take authority over the family, according to the newspaper. Together, people appraise, members encourage and advise each other about life, including dating, marriage, careers, and children, normal areas of life to discuss and seek advice about, though leftists are trying to portray it as dubious. All right. Now, let's look at something here. There's a little update here. Since the publication of this article, several news outlets have issued corrections about Atwood's novel and the people of praise. According to Newsweek, Atwood never mentioned the Christian group in relation to her novel. (laughs) This is from Newsweek. And then there's another correction here. This article headlines originally stated that people of praise inspired The Handmaid's Tale, the book's author, Margaret Edward, has never specifically mentioned the group as being the inspiration for her work. A New Yorker profile of the author from 2017 mentions a newspaper clipping as part of her research for the book of a different charismatic Catholic group, People of Hope, Newsweek, Regrets the Era. Barrett, now continuing to the article here, Barrett, who has seven children, including two who are adopted, and one with special needs, also faced attacks on her faith during her U.S. Senate confirmation hearing for the Seventh Court. As Sloan reports, Democrats also raised concerns about Barrett's strict Catholicism. Senator Dianne Feinstein from California angered some conservatives when she pressed Barrett on her religious beliefs during her 2017 confirmation. You have a long history of believing that your religious beliefs should prevail, Feinstein said at the time. The dogma lives loudly within you. Remember that? It's never appropriate for a judge to impose that judge's personal convictions, whether they arise from faith or anywhere, anywhere else. On the law, Baird responded, It's never appropriate for a judge to impose That judges personal convictions, whether they arise from faith or anywhere else on the law. Barrett responded. I just wanted to read that again. But it's not really her faith. Democrat presidential candidate Joe Biden and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi also claim to be devout Catholics. But the living out of, of it that has abortion activists worried. Amy Coney Barrett meets Donald Trump's two main litmus tests. Nan Aaron, president for pro-abortion group Alliance for Justice, told the New York Times she has made clear she would invalidate the Affordable Care Act and take health care away from millions of people and undermine a woman's reproductive freedom. The Catholic Church strongly condemns abortion and teaches people to respect and value every human life from conception to natural death. Barrett appears to believe that is true. Though her judicial rulings on abortion are few, she has made several statements about the value of babies in the womb. According to the Law and Crime blog, Barrett signed a public letter in 2015 that emphasized the value of human life from conception to natural death. In an interview with Notre Dame magazine, she also stated that life begins at conception. Barrett is a former clerk of the late Supreme Court Justice Anton Scalia, a strong conservative who died unexpectedly in 2016. Like Scalia, Barrett describes herself as an originalist judge. Trump plans to announce his choice to replace Ginsburg at the end of the week. Trump said he plans to pick a woman to fill that seat. All right. Now that one was interesting. And it's interesting that how desperately they're trying to connect dots, uh, especially to that uh, handmaid's tale, which I've I never even watched the show. And I think it's unfair, but it's 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 really amazing how they're so desperate to to attack a person, to dig into a person's religious beliefs, an intellectual, and try to 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 monster to make the person look like a monster or some kind of cultist. Just because the fact that she she loves her faith and the fact that she's a judge, the left doesn't, they, they love it when you are an apostate. They love it when you exploit your faith and you're an apostate, but when you are a devout believer, you're a danger to them. Okay, another article by Life News, Life News, not LifeSite News. President Donald Trump meets with Judge Amy Barrett about Supreme Court nomination, Stephen Ertlet, Ertl- 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 September 22nd, 2020. Judge Amy Barrett is number one on the Supreme Court wish list for for uh, most pro-life voters. And she's also the first potential high court nominee to get an in-person meeting with President Donald Trump. That's not a surprising considering the president previously uh, previous said he was saving her for an appointment to the Supreme Court and should Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg retire or pass away. Trump met with the federal appeals court judge at the White House and he said yesterday he expected to make his nomination prior to Ginsburg's Burial next week, but likely after she lies in state in the U.S. Capitol on Friday. Barrett, a mother of seven, was a former law clerk to Justice Anton Scalia and a longtime Notre Dame Law School professor. The president told reporters he would interview other candidates and might meet with Judge Barbara uh, Logoa when he travels to Florida later this week. Lagoa seems to be the other most likely nominee. and She has been a Florida Supreme Court judge and is currently a federal appeals court judge and another person with a strong Christian faith. All right. Conversations in the White House and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell office has been increasingly focused on Barrett and Lagoa According to a person granted anonymity, anonymous, I'm sorry, granted anonymously, to discuss the private deliberations, Barrett has long been favored by conservatives, and those familiar with the process said interests inside the White House seem to be waning for Lagoa. Amid concerns by some that she did not have a proven record as a conservative jurist, Lagoa has been pushed by some aides who tout her political advantage of being Hispanic and hailing from the key political background states of Florida. Barrett, 48, a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit, was a strong contender for the seat that eventually went to Barrett-Kavanaugh in 2018. At the time, Trump told Confidence he was saving Barrett for Ginsburg's seat. Before joining the Seventh court, Circuit Court, she had made her mark in law primarily as an academic at the University of Notre Dame, where she received a law degree and later began teaching at age 30. She clerked at the U.S. Court of Appeals for District of Columbia Circuit, clerked at the Supreme Court ju- uh, Court for Justice Anton Scalia, worked at the Miller uh, Cassidy Law Firm and Loras and Lewin Laroca, I'm sorry, LaRocca and Lewin Law Firm in Washington, DC, then returned to Notre Dame. Barrett has long expressed sympathy with a mode of interpreting the Constitution called originalism, in which justices try to decipher original meaning of text deciding cases. When it comes to abortion cases, Barrett has been on the pro-life side. She voted in 2016 to allow a hearing on pro-life from the state of Indiana that requires abortion uh, centers to offer a proper burial burial or cremation for babies. They kill, that they kill an abortion. In 2019, she voted to allow a hearing on another Indiana pro-life law uh, allowing parents to be notified when their teenage daughter is considering an abortion so they can help her make a better decision for her and her baby. Senator Lindsey Graham, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, says, Republicans have the votes to confirm President Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee before the November presidential election. We've got the votes to confirm Justice Ginsburg's replacement before the election, he said, on Fox News late Monday. We're going to move forward with the committee. Democrats, as well as GOP senators, Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Markowski of Alaska, say any vote should wait until after the election. But other Republicans say there is no reason to wait and indicate that the high court is starting a new term with important cases that should have all nine justices considering the merits. Senator Mitt Romney of Utah has not indicated whether he will vote on a nominee, but Republicans control the Senate, 53 to 47, and can aff- and can afford to, uh, to lose three votes and still have Vice President Mike Pence to break any possible tie. Uh, just recently I heard that Romney said he will vote. With uh, with them to pass the judge, President Donald Trump said on Monday that he will not uh, nominate a new Supreme Court justice on Friday or Saturday, and that his nominee will be someone who would abide by the Constitution. The president said he wanted to wait un- uh, until after late uh, the late abort- uh, pro-abortion Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's funeral. During an interview on Fox and Friends, Trump said that the final. Senate vote for his potential nominee should be taken before the election, and should go very quickly. The bottom line is we won't. I'm sorry, we won the election. We have an obligation to do what's right and act as quickly as possible. Trump said, "I think it will be on Friday or Saturday," and and we wa- we want to pay respects. Uh, that is to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It looks like we'll have services on Thursday or Friday, and I understand it, and I think we should with all. Due respect for Justice Ginsburg, wait for services to be over, the president said. Trump is reportedly looking at a female nominee to replace Ginsburg, and uh, reports indicate the potential nominees include Judge Amy Coney uh, Barrett from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Court, Judge Barbara Lagoa of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eleventh Circuit, and Judge Allison Jones Rushing for the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Court. Fourth Circuit, Trump touted that the list of potential picks calling them excellent and all very smart. These are the smartest people, the smartest young people you like to uh, you like to go young because they're there for a long time, Trump said, ending that his nominee would abide by the Constitution and be a good person and have very high moral values, no matter how you would look at it. These are the finest people in the, in the nation. Young people, pretty young for the most part, the president said. Barrett is 48, Lagoa is 52, and Rushing is 38. Wow. All three would have lengthy terms on the nation's highest court, and their impact on abortion and other key pro-life issues would be felt for decades. Senator Ted Cruz is urging President Trump to name a Supreme Court nominee who stands up for the Constitution. Meanwhile, Republican Missouri Senator Josh uh, Hawley -Hawley says he will not vote for any Supreme Court nominee who is not pro-life in that they believe Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided. His comments came after Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, as he said directly, on Friday night after Justice Ruth Ginsburg passed away that the president— that President Donald Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court will receive a vote in the Senate. Wow. It's, you know, it's, I think, wow, I think this is going to be interesting. Um Wow. We're going to wait and see what's going to happen because there's a lot to happen. We still have all the way to November, people. We still have all the way up to November uh, for this. Uh, so what we're going to do is, I mean, I'm going to stop here with this article because it's very long, and I don't think I need to go any further, but here's something here. This morning. Ginsburg, an idol of abortion activists, has, has ruled against rights and protection of unborn babies. She also has made some discriminatory statements that are reflective of the old eugenics thinking rooted in abortion and activism. You see? I remember I mentioned that before. In 2019, for example, when she accepted the uh, Burgon Prize, she brought up a poor woman's reason for her support of abortion. Ginsburg noted that poor women are the only people being affected by lack of access to abortion. One of the things that happened after Roe versus Wade is that women wanted to be able to control their own destiny. They won, so they retreated. And the other side grew uh, geared up, and we have the situation that we have today, Ginsburg said. People should care about it the way they did when many women didn't have access, didn't have the right to choose. It is obvious that the only people restricted are poor ones, are poor women. One day, I think, people will wake up to that reality. Though abortion activists portray such talk as sympathetic, their solution is not to help struggling women out of poverty, but to abort their unborn babies. In 2009, Ginsburg caused a stir when she made comments about Roe versus Wade that also hinted at eugenics. Frankly, I had thought that at the time, Roe versus Wade was decided that there was was concern about population growth and particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of. Ginsburg told the New York Times, okay, so she told the New York Times, then in 2014 she told okay L magazine here it is something similar it makes no sense as a national policy to promote birth only among poor people <clears throat> Ginsburg consistently rules against all abortion regulations and restrictions that reach to the high court in 2016 she was one of the 5 justices who sided with abortion activists in a decision whole whole women's health versus uh health uh, Hellerstat, which struck down Texas abortion clinic regulations that protected women's health and safety. Ginsburg and four other justices ruled that these safety regulations were an undue burden on women's access to abortion. She also sided with Obama's administration in trying to force nuns with the little sisters of the poor to pay for drugs that may need to cause abortions in the in their employees' health care plans. After the major high court justice sided with Hobby Lobby in a similar case, Ginsburg accused them of being sexist. In an interview with pro-abortion media icon Katie Couric, Ginsburg lashed out at her colleagues and claimed they have a blind spot towards women because they decide that Hobby Lobby should not be forced to pay for drugs that may cause abortionists uh, that may cause abortionists for their employees. Last year, Ginsburg criticized fellow justice. Clarence Thomas for refusing women who have abortion as um, refusing referring to women who have abortions as mothers. In October, former President Bill Clinton admitted that abortion was a major factor in his decision to nominate Ginsburg to the U.S. Supreme Court. (laughs) All right, so there you have it. There you have it. There she was a eugenist and she and she had a very racist view about things although a lot of people don't like it but she did so i'm going to end it here folks and hopefully later on we'll get back to uh, together this week so god bless and be well